Huh? Let's do this. Uh, welcome to Meal Tip Tuesday, everybody. It's another awesome day. I'm glad to hang out here with you. We're going to give you 30 minutes of mule talk, and hopefully you guys don't get sick of what I have to say to you. Uh, if you guys have questions, go ahead and start posting them because I don't have any... Uh, I don't have any questions for you guys to start off with. Uh, nobody sent in any questions this week, or if they did, I missed them. So if you got questions, post away, and when we get to that part of the show, we will get to it. So anyways, give you a little update what we've been doing. We just got back from a clinic in Gunnison, Colorado, and Tres Piedras, New Mexico. Uh, last week I talked about Tres Piedras a little bit, but... Uh, Gunnison, Colorado was awesome. It was our biggest clinic, uh, regular clinic we've had yet. Not not counting the expos because the expos are, they don't count because they're crazy. They're big and crazy and, and really busy. But uh, for our regular clinics, Gunnison was fantastic. Megan Mensing, she was our host out there. She filled up all the classes. And give a shout out to Megan. She uh, started her cult um, while we were in Trace Piedras, New Mexico. She put the first rides on it there, and then by by the time we got to the clinic in Gunnison, she was she was in the cow working class on her colt that had only been ridden a handful of times. So, anyways, she made some dang good progress. But everybody did good out there. It was a fun clinic, and it was just awesome. We love going to Gunnison. That's our longest running clinic too. We've been going there six years. So, anyways, that's what we're, what we've been doing. Um, we're getting ready for a clinic here at our house. So I got home from Colorado last two days, just been hustling, built an arena in, in the last day, uh, or just really put up panels in my pasture. That's pretty much what I did. Uh, anyways, and been busy. So we got a semi-private group clinic coming up this week and fixing to be good. So anyways, um, I don't have any... Uh, I don't have any sponsors today to recognize, so um, this is just a freebie. Free for you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting this. We're so grateful to all of you. But uh, let's get to the tip of the day, okay, our meal tip for this week. Um, I opened up the old journal again. A lot of you have wrote in and said that you enjoy hearing about my journal entries and little tips I get out of that. So... I just open up a page and I just see what I land on. And this week I landed on a quote from 2016. And uh, not a quote, just something I wrote, I guess. But anyways, it says, uh, so uh, August 16th, 2016, I wrote, Don't respond to wrong answers, just release when it's correct. And so that brought up a whole bunch of thoughts and I remember... I remember writing that down. That's the cool thing about writing stuff is when you read it again, even years later, this is four years or five years ago, whatever. I, uh, I, it comes back to mind why I was writing that. Um, and I remember we were working on, uh, just picking up a soft feel. A lot of you guys know what I'm talking about. Picking up a soft feel on this mule. And you know, when you go to pick up a soft feel, if you guys know what I'm talking about, you can look back on our meal challenges we posted. I can't remember which week I posted that one, but we got a video out there about the soft feel. But basically, you're picking up on both reins evenly. No legs, no seat involved. Just picking up on both reins evenly. And you're trying to get your mule, basically, to to soften at the pole. And what you're kind of looking for is they get their head kind of down and in. It's just a, a giving 
uh, a response, a giving response. Brad Cameron called it uh, a, a light response, and that's a good way of describing it too. But nonetheless, anyways, I was writing about this soft feel, and um, you know, I went to pick up a soft feel on this mule, and the mule, you know, first thing they do wanted to do is pick its head up. And then it kind of want to take its head from side to side, and then it it would lower its whole neck, so it bend at the wither rather than at the pole. So it's the mule is trying all these things, took its head crooked, you know, all all these different things that they were not the answers I was looking for. So simply, I just didn't respond to them. So when you ask your mule a question, you can plug it into whatever you want. Just hang in there. And don't respond to the wrong answers. Just keep waiting and wait till they give you the right answer. So with the soft feel thing, the mule, like I said, the mule's trying to move one way or the other and uh, moving its head. And finally, when it does soften at the pole, I release. So I told the mule, keep searching, keep searching, keep searching. And when it finally got it, I rewarded it by leaving it alone. I let go, leave it alone. And then second time around is a little easier. So... Uh, anyways, you know, when, when you guys, when your mule is doing something you don't want it to do or answering your question, what you perceive as the wrong answer, uh, remember your mule is just searching. They don't know right or wrong. They're just trying to search for the answer you're looking for. So hang in there when you ask your mule something until they give you the right answer, whatever it is, whether you're moving the hindquarters, moving the front, leg yielding, side passing, stopping, backing up transitions going through water dragging a log dragging a calf to the branding fire pulling a pack string whatever it is you're doing hang in there hang in there hang in there until they give you the right answer and just simply don't respond to the wrong answers this goes deeper this goes deeper than that um don't respond to the wrong answers also entails of uh don't punish them when they're doing something that you don't want them to do. And that's where a lot of people have trouble. They say, well, geez, you know, because you, you, you know, you can be honest. People like to punish. I mean, people like to punish people um, or punish mules. You know, they, they really do. They're so quick to do it. So rather than responding in that negative way, just hang in there. Keep asking your question until they get the answer you're looking for so that's my tip for the week okay don't respond to wrong answers just release when it's correct tell me what you think about that i'd love to see your comments on that okay well i don't have any questions that uh, people sent in this week to start off with so i'm going to start with you guys' questions let me scroll through here and try to find some a lot of great people on here appreciate you guys spending your tuesday afternoon slash evenings with me here um let's talk meals okay uh let's see i'm just trying to find some questions um okay lisa osborne bolton says can i use side reins on my mule when i lunge him he's three in real green uh lisa i don't use side reins um and i also don't lunge so uh, i just go through my groundwork checklist and uh I don't don't feel the need to lunge. Uh, don't feel the need to use side reins. Um, so yeah, that's the easy question, Lisa. All right, <laughs> let's see what we got here. Ann Walston, your preferred bits. Uh, 
let's see. And if you have a more specific question about bits, post it on here. But um, for Snaffle Bits, I love Jeremiah Watt. He uh, he builds really good bits, and also Tom Balding. My favorite bit that I own right now is a Tom Balding bit. So they really make really good Snaffle Bits. And then when I get to Bridal Bits, and um, I prefer Jeremiah Watt. I have a real nice Bridal Bit that Jeremiah Watt built. Uh, but there's nice, you know. So so maybe you're asking what exactly what bit I use. If you're asking that, I use Snaffle Bits uh, for the first progression. The second progression we use. Hackamores. The third progression, we're in the two range, so that's a hackamore and a bridal bit. And as for it, what kind of bridal bit I use, they're half. I like a half breed. That's my favorite bridal bit is a half breed. Um, and then and then the fourth progression is when they're straight up in the bridal land, and that is that's a half breed bit. But like I said, those two bit makers are my favorite. All right, Terry Klingen. Sorry, I'm butchering the names. Sky's usually here to back me up on the names. Uh, she says, my he or she, uh, my mule doesn't like to stand tied when in an unfamiliar, when in an unfamiliar place. I'm saying she probably says place, such as along along the trail. Any tips, uh, Terry? I love to tie my mules up all the time. Um, you know, if you guys come watch me at the clinics, you'll often see my mules tied up for a period of time there. Um, anytime you get a chance to put a high line up, use a high line. The high line is fantastic for teaching those mules to stand still. Everybody wants to force them to stand still. I really like liberty. I'm into liberty, you know, so I like to give my mules a choice. So when they're on the high line, they can they can move around all they like. And what that does is it gives them the freedom to go so they make the choice to stay. So the high line is awesome. I love a high line. Use it. If you don't have a high line, then you can practice tying up at a hitch rail or your trailer or whatever. And the only problem with that is they usually develop a, you know, they'll often start pawing when they don't, when they can't move their feet, they'll start pawing. And so you'll get a little of that. But nonetheless, I mean, my mule stand tied up at my trailer at the hitch rail all the time. And just just take your time and let them sort it out if they dig a hole bury it and let them go again they'll find that you can sure shovel uh dirt back in that hole faster than they can dig it out with their hoof so i would uh i i'd let them sort it out um if i if i see them out there they're pawing um i'm not going to put them away i'm going to leave them out there so simple as that as soon as they stop pawing i'll put them away anyways practice while the getting's good um, Lynn Kuchel, sorry if I'm saying that right, Couchel. Uh, Lynn says, any way to do that from the ground? What What are you talking about, Lynn? Look, send me another comment. What, what are you talking about? Do what from the ground? Um, let me know what you're asking there. Sorry about that. Jamie Dow, let's read your question, Jamie. All right, she says, my mule, my mule got buddy sour over the winter and will now kick out with both back feet over and over if she's tied and another horse leaves. Same thing I was just saying earlier, Jamie. I would I would put that mule on a high line or at the hit trail, whatever, and and then just leave. They got to sort that out mentally. And you'll also find, Jamie, that you get some good work going, and you know you you know you you get that this mule mentally engaged more often. And you know you go, do the groundwork, do your riding work, go through those checklists, and that mule will be in a, a better mental frame of mind. And and then just leave and let that let that mule sort it out she's got to 
got to sort things out, you know. So um, that's that's my tip is to do it more often, more often until they get comfortable. They're all a little bit buddy sour. You're never going to completely get it 100%. They're herd animals. And in fact, you know, buddy sour is the reason why we can get so much done with these mules because, you know, pretty much the horsemanship styles that, you know, if you really dig into like what I do, we're, we're feeding and uh, building upon that herd bound, trying to get them herd bound to us, if that makes any sense. So that's kind of what we've got going on there, Jamie. Lauren, Lauren Delt's win. Any tips on getting a mule to behave in a stall? Mine does not care for them and I want to be able to travel with him, which means stalling him. That's a good question, Lauren. So you know me, and uh, you know we're on a normal year, which this is not. On a normal year, we're on the road, you know, nine or ten months, and so my mules are in different places every week. You know, one week we're in stalls, the next week we we have paddocks, the next week we have uh, whatever. Sometimes we don't even have stalls. Sometimes we end up tying them or highlining them for the week, where you know these different places. So. My mules get to where they they get good about going in whatever they're in. Um, I have a brand new mule I'm hauling with me uh, called Lariat. Some of you guys have been following along with Lariat, but uh, you know she's a rookie, and it's funny because you know I, you know like this last couple of weeks we went with uh, we had Tina, Chrome, and Riata, which they're all they're all uh, been traveling a lot, especially Tina and Crumb. They're old, they're old veterans, and Rietta's been around plenty now too. That she's totally fine. And then the new and Lariat, and it's funny seeing the differences, but it's just experience. So changing it up all the time, my mules just get comfortable wherever wherever we're at, wherever we're doing. But Lauren, I'm also kind of like I mentioned earlier. I'm also constantly riding these mules, uh, working through things, getting these mules to be mentally comfortable, and getting them right in the head, really. That way, when it comes time to go to the stall or whatever, they're pretty content, you know. Um, my mules, when they're getting used all the time, and and uh, like especially on clinic days and on travel days, they're kind of going all day. So by the time I get them to the stall, they're kind of they're kind of wore out, both physically and mentally. And uh, throw them a little feed, and they they're just quiet, no worries. Um, so Lauren, it just takes time, exposure do it over and over again um, start with small periods of time stalls aren't good for them long term too Lauren so you know but like you said you're gonna be traveling that's what I do and uh, they gotta get used to it so you know I like my meals to run together as much as possible I do not like stalls but they gotta deal with them like especially when I go to these big expos and stuff and we're in the city right they're all box stalls and they often can't see out of them or whatever and they got to be comfortable. So it's experience, it's time, it's doing the right thing when you're out of the stalls, out of the crowds. Good question. All right, Doug Ramey. Let's see what you got. Kind of crazy question, but both my mules give me a swat across the face with their tail when I walk around their rear. Only when I am feeding them do they just love me. <laughs> no, Doug. No, no. Uh, I hate that too, man. Ellie's mule Tina is a tail swatter. She's always just swatting her tail, and she hates flies. And she, you know, and she hates mules coming up behind her. I don't know. She's just self-conscious about people being behind her, you know. But yet, little Ellie can go around her all over. And she, uh, she doesn't care about Ellie, you know. That doesn't bother. So, Doug, um, w w one thing I do with Tina, 
I do it every now and again if she gets bad about swatting that tail is I'll tie her up and then I'll change I'll do the changing eyes I don't know if Doug if I've talked to you about the changing eyes but basically a lot of these mules have a hard time with you changing eyes so you're walking from the left hip to the right hip and so you go from the left eye to the right eye or something they get kind of bothered by that you know a lot of mules you'll see will swing their whole body around they don't they don't want you to change eyes so uh, I will practice that. I'll, I'll walk from one side to the other. And like old Tina, she'll get that tail swatting. She'll get it moving around. And um, I just go back and forth until that tail gets quiet. Then I walk away. Then I'll come back 10 minutes later and do the same thing. So that's what I do, Doug. She just need, the meals just need to get used to changing eyes. And also when they're eating, too, they, they're a little bit more... Uh, I don't know if protective is the right word because they're not... Sometimes they're protective, but usually they just kind of want to take care of their own, don't want to be disturbed so good question um all right let's see which what else you guys got here um chris Schilling, i'm glad you can be out here on the live video um let's see what else we got tammy bradley good to see you on here she's got a question when trotting your circle say practicing a round circle and the mule wants to really hang on you how would you recommend I proceed uh, push hold I hope this makes sense Tammy are you talking about on the ground or in the saddle um, the answer well it doesn't matter the answer I'm gonna give you is the same so whether you're on the ground or in the saddle don't wait until the mule is pulling on you to try to fix it so let's just let's just say from the ground. Okay, if you're working on the ground, and and the you know and the mule is gets to pull on the outside of that circle. Before, as you see this, as you see the slack leave your lead rope, because you'll have a set. You know, like I've you've heard you've heard me say this in the clinics, Tammy, and a lot of you watching have heard me say this. I talk about it a lot, but we got to pay attention to our slack, whether we're on the ground or in the saddle. Pay attention to your slack all the time. And uh, so if I'm on the ground, Tammy, and that mule starts to pull on me, I should have noticed beforehand that that slack was leaving. And as that slack starts to leave the lead rope, before it leaves all the way, I would just bump on that rein a little bit. Same thing if, if, I'm, in the, if I'm in the saddle. Only difference is, is in the saddle, you're riding them, so uh, it, it's, even, it's even more particular. So say you're in the saddle riding and and they want to push to the outside like you're describing well i'm looking ahead my eyes are looking ahead you you know when you're riding you should be looking ahead picking your tracks in the dirt where you want your mule to go so you should be eyes up looking ahead and making that decision and when your when your mule starts to go off course of that and it wouldn't take much to to fill it you know if you're looking over here to the, to the left or whatever and they're start to fade and push to the right you need to feel that in your legs and your seat and you'll feel also a little bit on your reins and before they get way out there tammy just just touch them with a the leg just maybe pick up on your inside rein just a little bit and you'll you'll often avoid the big fight don't wait until they're pulling on you and if this is constantly happening at the trot tammy then i would go back and i would work through this at a fast walk um, most people don't work through their transitions slow, fast, and or slow, medium, and fast. They just kind of walk or trot. So work on a like a fast walk, making these circles, 
and it'll be a little easier for you to manage there. Get that right, then go to the trot. If the trot still fails you, go back again. And then also remember, you know, these mules push on you because they're not centered. So all your lateral work will get them centered, and then your transitions on a loose rein, let me rephrase that, your your lateral work will get your, your left and your right line centered, okay? So the left side and the right side of the mule. Your transitions on a loose rein, slow, medium, fast walk, trot, and lope, on a loose rein, that fixes up the front and the back line, Tammy. So work on all those things, keep them centered, and that'll... That'll get you on the right track here. All right, let's see. Oh, wind riding. So, yeah, I answered that for you there, Tammy. All right, let's see what else we got. We got a question from John Hoffman. John, how you doing, buddy? John is hosting a clinic for us in New York in uh, September. Looking forward to it. John says, when my mule's emotions are up, she gets pushy and refuses my request that I know she knows the answer to. What's the best response from me? Um, that's why we just practice that checklist so much, John, is, you know, when, when things start to go downhill like this, like you're saying, the emotions, and, and maybe that means mule's hot, maybe that means mule's scared, whatever it is, go back to the things you worked on in the checklist and get them, get them better. Uh, what I mean by that, I guess, is do something they know. So say, let's just set it up like this, John. You're going down the trail. You run into a bear. And uh, there's a few bears in New York, right? I guess. There's a lot of bears out here. So anyway, say I'm going down the trail and run into a bear. Meals get scared. That's normal. <laughs> Meals get eaten, remember that? Bears do the eating. So we're, we're going down the trail, running into this bear. Now they're scared to death. They don't want to go forward anymore. They're worried. Um... They're seeing now. They're seeing every booger man in the bushes, right? They're, every rock is scary. Every stump is scary. You're probably doing the same thing too, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, I'm going to go back to something they know. So, say I've, you know, we've worked on like something like rolling the hind roll in the front, for example. That's one of the easiest exercises. Um, we've, we've done that since their first ride, right? You, you guys on your very first rides on your Colts, you should be trying to roll the hind roll the front if you can. So from the very first, we've been doing this. So I would start doing that down the trail. They know this move. They know how to do it. We've done it thousands and thousands of times. I'm going to go back to that because they're good at it. And I'm going to get that mind back to me through something that they know. Um, you could that's just one example serpentines that's another one that's just a piece of cake whenever your meals are bothered serpentines are so easy especially if you've practiced serpentines which everybody on here probably has you guys have been in my clinics you've done serpentines before lots of them so go back to that you know do some serpentines until they get their mind right john and next thing you know you're going back down down the trail and you're not worried about anything so good question looking forward to seeing you this fall too man all right, um, Stacy Scott, she says, I cannot get her to move the front after moving the hind under saddle, just circles. The only way I can do it is facing a fence. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Well, Stacy, don't face a fence to move the front because you want some forward motion going uh, to do this. And so the, facing the fence is going to kill that for sure. Um, remember, Stacy, when you're rolling the hinds and you're going to roll the front, get three good steps with the hind quarters so you're bringing that leg over one two 
three times inside leg over over and in front of the outside leg three good times okay when you do this your inside front foot will have been pivoting okay that's if you're moving the hinds correctly that is so the inside front foot will be pivoting while you move the hindquarters over three good steps on that third step your inside front foot has pivoted so much Stacy that it really needs to move and if you don't pick it up and put it somewhere on your own the, the mule will simply just pick it up and reset it and then you could continue moving the hinds if you wanted anyways if you can get real good about getting three good steps to the hind quarters and then you go to position two with your reins use your outside leg you can it's usually easy to get at least one good reach the the first good reach is the easiest piece so Stacy, I just do that, and um, I know you've been following along, so you know go back and watch that, uh, you know that weekly challenge video or our in the saddle DVD. We we show that a bunch, and um, you know, but set it up from that move in the hinds, get three good steps. That's that's why we do the hinds first because it makes it really easy to to get the front. Okay. All right. Let's see. Oh, we got a Jamie Dow replied uh, to her question earlier. She says uh, she also does this when left alone in the pasture and will go as far as kicking the round bell over and over. I've had her for five years and never saw this behavior before. Tied to a high line, she still kicks. Just stands there and kicks. Not all, not at anything in particular. Yeah, Jamie, like this, like I answered earlier, just tie her and leave her. Let her kick all she wants. She might kick there for four or five hours every day. I don't care. I just. I tie her up while I work my other meals or whatever and come back and let her sort it out. All right, let's see here. We've got time for maybe one more if I can find any. Good to see all you guys on here. All right, Diane Gross. Good to see you on here. Diane has Wisconsin going for you. Uh, she says, sorry I'm late. It's okay. I'm just glad you're here. Better late than never. Uh, banjo will sometimes walk right in the trailer other times he won't go in when do you put more pressure on him chuck just uses the flag it's like using a q-tip <laughs> oh chuck i miss you guys uh i wish we could have got to wisconsin this year diane sure miss you guys um especially old chuck he's a good man uh well when when banjo just gives you a little bit of refusal to go in the trailer you you kind of know the process and you've seen me load horses and mules and donkeys and everything else in trailers when i come up there and do those clinics when the when the donkey kind of you know as you're headed to the trailer let's say you'll notice the donkey slow down it might still be actually moving forward with its feet but it slows down i would add a little bit more pressure right there and then you might get get that movement back up leave him alone and then he might slow down again add it so you want to try to keep that momentum going don't let the momentum die anyways i think that's the part of the question that you're asking about and just make it easy to be in that trailer practice going in that trailer while the getting is good and get you know practice every day if you need to until that trailer is just a non-issue i don't want i want you to practice so much of that diane that you don't even think about having trailer loading issues i mean trailer loading issues it's, it's amazing how many of you guys kind of get haunted by that you're, you're stressed about a lot of you guys get so stressed about trailer loading that you you can't even enjoy your ride you know and 
you know, you get thinking about your upcoming trip and you're like, oh man, I don't even want to go because you're worried about the trailer loading. So anyways, Diane, practice as much as you can. Watch the small tries in the donkey, you know, and reward those. And before you lose it all, keep the momentum going. Anyways, you guys had some pretty good questions today. I'm so grateful for you guys to be on here. Thanks for spending your Tuesday afternoon, evening, whatever you call this. Thanks for spending it with me. I love hanging out with you guys. Hope you guys are enjoying these. Let me know what you think of these Mule Tip Tuesdays. Leave your comments on here. Tell me if you love them, hate them. Uh, hopefully I'm answering your questions um, and uh, giving you guys some help. Hopefully this gives you something to think about for the week. and Hope you guys enjoy the tips that I leave for you guys every week. So, um, Anyways, we'll be back next Tuesday, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. And uh, if you want to, we would sure be grateful if you left us a review either on Facebook or if you listen to this later on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts especially, we'd appreciate a review on there. Give us five stars. Let us know what you think. So appreciate you guys being here. Hope you have a great weekend. And uh, God bless you. And we'll see you next time, okay?